Welcome into another episode of the Ots and Audibles podcast. Eric Scopel, Jared Mack on this show today. Matt Preem, uh, a little under the weather today. He's going to be off the podcast, probably back next week sometime. But with him not here, we are postponing our mailbag. I know we asked for questions this week. We wanted to have kind of all hands on deck to get to that and maybe a little more time to collect some other questions just to have a little more full show. So expect a mailbag probably Monday. I mean, this last week we kind of were expecting to do it on Wednesday. But again, Matt, under the weather, we wanted to have everybody on it. So we're doing a different exercise today, which I kind of discovered about a week ago and thought this is like peak off-season podcast content, which is over-unders for football teams. Um, I saw a, a tweet about a week or so ago of over-unders for all the teams in the conference, and I kind of thought this is just like fun to talk about and probably a good exercise to go through just to kind of get a feel for my head and Jared's head and Initially, Matt was going to be a part of it, but he's obviously un, un, not available today. But just kind of where our heads are at for the conference as a whole. Um, and so there, we're going to go ahead and just run through all 12 teams, including Oregon here, using the over-unders that are listed. I'll be honest, Jared, before, even before we jump into this, mm-hmm. I know we're, I know divisions are like not a thing anymore. But like I couldn't help but feel like the Pac-12 North and the Pac-12 South feel very different this year. Like, I think the Pac-12 North has one dominant-ish team, and then everyone else is kind of muddled together. And the Pac-12 South, I had three pretty dominant teams, and everyone else, I think, pretty much is pretty bad. It kind of stinks, if we're being honest. And so... Would you you consider that third team that you have in the South actually dominant, or just a good record? Just a good record. Yes, just a good record. Yeah, I think we're probably on the same page with who you guys. So clearly, I, I just I just found it really interesting running through all this, kind of going like, oh, okay. I just think the Pac-12 North teams are going to all end up with about the same conference record, and the Pac-12 South teams are all going to end up with uh, with with like three good records and three just terrible records. So um, anything else? We should Jared? probably. I was going to say we should probably run through what the over unders are. Yeah, that was there about where I was to go, unless you were. All right. Um, no, go so for it. This is based upon a tweet I saw on May 25th uh, from Sports Pack 12 Twitter account. USC nine and a half, Oregon, UCLA, and Utah all eight and a half. Washington seven and a half, Arizona State, Cal, Oregon State five and a half. Um, sorry, Washington. Did I, did I group Washington State in there? They're also five and a half. And then Stanford was four and a half, Colorado three and a half, Arizona two and a half. Um, and this is regular season win losses, just to be clear. This isn't including a conference championship game or a postseason bowl game. This right. is just the totality of a regular season. That's how over-unders work. Um, it, I got, but before we even jump into it, initial thoughts are like, I think these numbers are pretty reasonable once you go through the exercise. I think a couple teams are probably given a little – too much respect and a couple teams the opposite but like that's probably maybe in part bias that i have towards some of these teams and kind of where i think they are and obviously vegas is looking at things from a different a little different perspective with how they're trying to you know garner money off of this and, and, and betting interest but like i think this is actually f- pretty fair like the teams i have at least i would say this like the teams i have grouped in the top tier like those top four teams are the teams i think are the best four teams in the conference going into the season and mm-hmm. most of the teams in the middle and the bottom are also teams i have kind of in that same range well i mean it goes to your point earlier where you're like there's one back to north and then like, like three there's a huge drop off between what washington with their total is and then washington state it's a two two win margin it goes from washington at seven and a half which you know we'll get to but and then it's washington state at five and a half and then you know it's arizona all the way down at you know two and a half so there's clearly a the, there's clearly a hierarchy here um, when I first looked at it, I thought, well, I mean, we'll, we'll get into our ultimate predictions, but some of them for, for plenty of the teams seemed high. Yeah. Uh, I just think the PAC 12, unlike other conferences is a lot of things, but specifically this year, there are a lot of question marks, uh, surrounding teams, which hasn't been, the, which hasn't been what's been happening the last couple of years. Um, you know, USC has all of their new comings, new new quarterback, new coach, all of the uh, like you know basically a whole new team through the transfer portal. Oregon has their new 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 comings as well with a new coach and you know new offensive coordinator, new quarterback. Washington, you can say the same exact thing about them. Um, UCLA has been pretty solid, but 
as as Utah, um, but a lot of other teams in the conference. ASU is a dumpster fire. Arizona, you're not really sure what's going to happen. Washington State, you have no idea what their new quarterback, if that'll actually happen. Stanford was terrible last year. Does that happen again? We're not so sure. So I just think that going into this, this little discussion that we're going to have, there's a lot of question marks here. And I think that that was hard for me to, to just look at first glance and be like, oh, that's too high or, oh, that's too low. It's just like I don't – things things could happen where these are very accurate and we could see USC at 10 wins and then this over-under at 9.5 looks right. But Or we could see Washington at, so all of a sudden have five wins in the season. Um it's it, there's a lot of question marks that that so it was a little it was wasn't difficult to get through, but certainly made me think a lot during the exercise. Yeah, we both mapped out every game. By the way, just mm-hmm. was this thing we didn't just like be like oh this this seems low this seems high. We went through all the games, and I will say just one aside because I know we're taking like six minutes to actually get into the exercise, which is probably bad podcasting. I, I had like very few notable non-conference wins for the conference. Like overall, I basically have one or two decent non-conference outcomes and the rest of it is just like loss, 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 loss. Well, like who is the conference playing outside of Utah and Utah and Oregon with Georgia and Florida? And then do you want to count Stanford and USC with their Notre Dame traditions? Like, is that a thing? Cause you got UCLA playing all the Alabama teams except for the actual Alabama team. <laughs> so right. there is, it's a, it's a, there's not a lot of non-conference opponents that you would feel really good about um but yeah let's jump in all right i uh i'll start we'll start with usc jared made a good point i start at the top and just go they were nine and a half i, I actually go under <laughs> but i have them only only losing one conference game but going under um i have them losing to utah um i think utah is gonna be pretty darn good this year i just have a hard mm-hmm. time predicting against them based upon what we saw this last season, how they finished and even how they competed against Ohio state. And then I have them losing to both Notre Dame and Fresno state. And I think Fresno state probably, probably the game Jared, like it, that's kind of the one on the fence I was with, but I thought that how well Fresno state performed a year ago against PAC 12 teams, Jake Hayner back, um, back. different coaching staff. Uh, the head coach there's now at Washington. I don't know. That one to me was, the one I was on the fence with. So I think if you're betting this, you're probably basically looking at that. That game is kind of the the one that kind of flips it for you one way or the other. I, I think Utah, I think Notre Dame, I feel decently confident with those picks. Although I think as we see the season progress, like we should know, like USC, Utah, it's probably the game maybe of the conference year, I would imagine. And that's like kind of smack dab in the middle, October, like 15th. So, I mean, like week seven, one, right? Yeah, that's like right in the middle. So that could really determine the conference and who knows or like who knows if USC is at full steam at that point. I expect Utah to be getting close to that and have some momentum right. based upon it's at a conference schedule and, and kind of what I have predicted there. But I went I went uh, under with nine wins for USC. I went under as well with nine wins. Um, nine and a half is that's that's not a lot of margin for error right there if you're USC. I also had them losing to Fresno State. And mostly because um, because of Jake Hayner, obviously. Um, I know Kellen DeBoer is in Washington now, but I still think he's an unbelievably talented quarterback who could – we saw it last year where he could basically t- save a team by himself and take them down the field. Um, if I'm playing USC next year, I want to play them early before they get chemistry going, yep. before they figure out their defense. Um, I like Alex Grinch as a defensive coordinator for USC. He did a really good job with Oklahoma where they you know, basically cut their points allowed pretty significantly um, because that was the thing with Oklahoma. You could, they would score 52 but then allow 48. Um, he, he did better at Oklahoma over the years. I think he'll be fine at USC. Um, but early on in the season with all of the new faces on defense, with all the new faces on offense, it might not click as it might during week seven when they play Utah. Um, and that's why I have that Fresno State game as, a, as, a, as an L for USC and getting them under that nine and a half total. Um, they're still going to be really talented. If they win 10 or 11 games, I won't be surprised. Um, that Utah one is important. Um, that the Notre Dame game at, being at home 
is yeah. probably important for USC. We'll see what the crowd looks like. Um, but this is the this USC season is a quarterback injury away from being an absolute abomination. And so that's you can't take that into account when you do any of these over unders. But that's the one thing when I look at the schedule and it's like, all right, they could they could certainly make a run here. But a quarterback injury is, is detrimental to this team. Yeah, I want to say just before we keep going here, I have three teams with eight and one records, which is probably in the conference, which is probably too many. But um, that's I, a lot. I just think there's like big separation three. again. Yeah. We'll, we'll get to it. We'll get to it. Um, next, we're going to go into Oregon. Um, those listening, this is probably what you wanted to hear. I've already made this prediction before, and I have not. I'm curious to hear what Jared has to say. I, I have not changed at all. I think I made these predictions pre-spring in like February. Sticking with it. I think they'll they'll be the over, but by half a game. I have them nine and three. Losses to Georgia, BYU, and Utah. Eight and one in the Pac-12. Undefeated against the division. Which, by the way, I believe if we're still using the same like conference championship determining factors, I think puts Oregon in there as one of the two teams. Um, because, again, I have three teams at eight and one. Yeah, I, I, I actually think Oregon and USC are going to have pretty similar seasons with these new coaching staffs where there's a couple hiccups in non-conference play, but once they kind of get going, they're pretty clearly among the best in the conference. And again, I really think it's like three teams at the top with a fourth team kind of hanging around and then everybody else is is a little bit down. What would you have, Jared? I have the over at nine and three. I have what you had. Um, same same game, same outcomes? Yeah, uh, well, I, I have – Losses to Georgia, BYU, and Utah. Okay. Um, it's a really nice schedule. Now that I was able to go through every team's schedule and see, like, what the haymakers were. Like, I forgot who it was, but I think it's Arizona State who has, like, at USC, at Utah, yeah. at Washington, and, like, at Oregon. It's like, oh, shoot, that's terrible. Um, but for Oregon, it's a good schedule. I do worry a little bit about that first Pac-12 conference game at Washington State because that can get a little noisy up there. Um, but at Arizona, at Cal, at Colorado, at Oregon State, and Oregon State's not really even an away game, that's pretty nice. Um, Oregon has done a really good job the last couple seasons of defending Austin Stadium. So you have Stanford, UCLA, U- UW, Utah, BYU, and Eastern Washington. It's pretty good. I think 9-3 and three is it. I don't. I could see them beating BYU, um, but I could see them in turn losing a conference game. I, I think nine and three is probably their ceiling, um, which is absolutely commendable and respectable. And an eight and one conference record is what we what Oregon has been accustomed to seeing the last couple of years. Nobody can go nine and zero because a nine game conference season is ridiculous. So, George, if you're listening. That's yeah. I got nine and three as a max. I, I don't know if they'll go to ten and two. It's going to be really hard. Yeah. One, one other thing is I have two home losses, and Oregon hasn't lost a home game since Stanford in twenty eighteen. So, um, oh yeah. I mean, I, I have two home of, losses as well. Kind of an interesting thing I noticed just kind of going through this of like, yeah, I have them losing to two teams from the state of Utah at home, and Oregon hasn't lost at home in like four years. So we'll see. Uh, maybe I'm being too pessimistic there. Maybe I'm being too optimistic on some of these road games. Because like you said, I think Washington State on the road is a little scary. Um, that, was the, that was the one I had a little hesitancy towards. Yeah. All right. Uh, moving down the list to UCLA at 8-5. Um, this is probably surprising. I didn't expect to take the over here. But then I looked at the schedule. And they have three layup non-conference games against Bowling Green, Alabama State, and, and Southern Alabama. Yeah. Uh, uh, so like they're going to go three and zero there, and then you look at the rest of their schedule, and I think it's kind of favorable. And again, I might be discounting how competitive it's, really not, it's not bad. Some of the middle of this conference is, but I actually have them winning ten games. Ten? <laughs> <laughs> well, I felt okay. So, and we'll get to we're going to get to Utah in a moment here. I realized looking through Utah, I was like, am I going to have them going undefeated in Pac-12 play? And I was like, I don't think they're that good. I don't think they're like that level. Um, but that was kind of where my head was was starting to, to run towards. Because if you look at it, I obviously have Utah beating Oregon and USC. We've already established that. And mm-hmm. so otherwise, they're going to run to the conference unless you think Arizona State, Washington State, Arizona, Stanford, or Colorado are going to win. So I have UCLA losing to Oregon and losing to USC in their rivalry game. 
and then winning their other seven conference games, including against Utah, which is maybe optimistic, possibly. But like, I think even last year's game with UCLA was like UCLA and Utah. It was a not a, a blowout game, I don't think. And I think part of it was because of quarterback injury. So I, I don't know. Maybe I'm maybe I'm being too optimistic there. Either way, I think they're going to. I think they'll hit the over, and I think it's mostly schedule related. Like I'm not saying they're bad. They also had an incredible off season from the transfer portal, as did you. Hundred percent. Both of those programs brought in like some of the best transfers in the country, and UCLA really loaded up on both sides of the football. So credit to Chip Kelly for taking advantage of that. Um, but I I think they're going to win ten games, or I have them winning ten games, and I think it could also be a deal where they win nine games. But either way, I think eight and a half feels like you take the over. I have them at over eight and a half as well, but I have them at I have them at nine wins with three losses: Utah, Oregon, and USC in their rivalry game. Uh, but like you said, you you start going through every game, and all of a sudden they're five and zero mm-hmm. because they face Bowling Green, Alabama State, and Southern Alabama in the first three games. So that's three and zero right there, just like you what you mentioned at Colorado. That could be something, but I, we'll get to Colorado later. I don't. Same thing with, with Arizona State. I, I don't know how they'll be good at all. Um, then the Utah, Utah, Oregon back to back is tough. Um, those are probably, to me, they felt like two losses. Um, I like this UCLA team. They showed a lot of fight last year. Um, they got Dorian Thompson Robinson back. Um, Chip Kelly's still there, new contract, all that good stuff. The getting off to like a 5 and 0 start would help. Um, like you mentioned, Eric, they had a tremendous transfer portal season, new defensive coordinator. Um, maybe that'll help them from allowing X number of yards per game. That was just terrible. Um, it's just, yeah, like you were saying, it's hard not to go over here. Because unless you think they're going to lose to that Stanford ASU Arizona crowd or Cal to end the season, I don't. I think, I think they're going to lose to the good teams which happened last year. Um, other than that, they don't really play anybody who's good. All right, to Utah at eight and five as well. I also have the over here. Um, I have a clean sweep with all these eight and fives being over. Um, and I think Utah, like, honestly feels like it should be a little higher. And maybe maybe I'm showing a level of bias. It's worth noting they play USC and UCLA back-to-back in October. Um, that could be a really tough stretch. They open at Florida. And I have I have them beating Florida on the road, which is maybe a stretch. It was like literally the only non-conference marquee game I had the Pac-12 winning. I just wanted to give somebody mm-hmm. some credit. So I have them at 11 wins, and that's I don't know if that sits great with me because again I'm, I uh, I don't know. If this is like I think this is, I have a lot of respect for Utah because of how they played Oregon last year and the way they honestly just embarrassed Oregon twice in like a three-week span. Like that was extremely impressive, and Oregon. I know had their own faults and issues with injuries and with all the coaching stuff with crystal ball, but I still kind of buy that they were the better team. And I think anybody who doesn't is, is kind of misleading themselves. So I, I think they're going to win the conference. I think they're the best team in the conference going in. I think most people feel that way. And if you look at their schedule, aside from those two LA games in October and then the Oregon game in November, it's not a lot of potential pitfalls to me. And again, I can mm-hmm. this is me speaking just to the way I see the conference, but I don't see like there being the middle being very strong or the, and the bottom being very strong this year. I really think it's like three or four pretty good teams. I think UCLA is kind of that quasi good team. And then everybody, I think the top teams will be the best teams in the conference is how I've got it going and we'll see, but I have Utah covering and, and covering pretty clearly. Yeah. I have, I have the exact same thing. 11 and one wins over Florida losses to USC. Yeah, they're just going to beat up on everybody. Um, the Pac-12 South is is not very good. Um, that Oregon game at the you know, second to last week of the season, that could be a loss. That could be, easily be a win. Um, I think that's obviously one that we'll all, you know, probably including those listening, will circle on our calendars for a yeah. game to watch. But, you know, you look at it, it's Florida to open and Southern Utah, then San Diego State, ASU, Oregon State, UCLA. That's not a terrible way to open your season. Um, Florida, on the other hand, is is going through a coaching change. They're going through a quarterback change with Emory Jones now at at Arizona State, which we'll get to later. Um, 
Anthony Richardson was there last year. I get it. I know. But um, that could that's not the Florida team that we've seen the last couple of years. Um, that could be an easy win for Utah. But yeah, I'm still I'm still operating under the fact that they have Cam Rising still. Um, they still have a good. They still have basically everybody from from last year except for Keithy. Or no, Keithy's still there. Um, yeah, I, I like this is a it's a stacked team. It's probably the best team in the Pac-12. Um, and the way, like Eric, like you were just mentioning, the way they handled Oregon twice. And you were there for both games. I was there for the game at Utah. Um, when you see that in person, not just through your television screen where you can flip the channel, where you have to watch it every single play, um, that was, you know, that was eye-opening for how the fact that despite Oregon with all their injuries and stuff, that's a very talented, that's a very talented squad, and, you, and Utah just didn't care. This ran right through them. So I feel like they're going to have that. They had a taste of it. They got to the Rose Bowl last year. They ended up losing to Ohio State. They're going to have that taste again in their mouths this year. And I feel like an 11-1 record is not far-fetched at all. I don't want to be totally dismissive of that Oregon game because it's at home. And again, Oregon historically has been really good at home. Um, I just feel like it would feel weird for me to pick against Utah <laughs> in that game. Um, in part because we were <laughs> against – I think I picked against Utah – at least one of the two games. I think the first game only. You did twice. You did, did twice. Did, I hate did to say twice? it. Did we go twice? Okay. I can't remember. I can't remember. If I, I didn't. If I course correct. I thought I picked like a close Utah win the second time. But either way, I know I was short-sighted on my Utah picks both times last year. And so I'm trying to course correct a little bit here. I know the teams are obviously a little different. We'll see. That's the end of the season game. Maybe maybe the year plays out differently. But I, I look at that game and being that's a – I know Oregon fans are listening probably going like, no, nah, it'll be the revenge game. It's at home. It'll turn it around. It's very possible. I don't want to say it's not going to – it could happen. Maybe. I just I just think for me to pick right now in, in, in early June without seeing Oregon win a bunch of games and seeing how Utah looks, I just feel more comfortable picking Utah to win that game. All right. We now move on to kind of the mediocrity of the conference here with Washington at 7-5. and five. And I thought 7-5 and five was really optimistic. They won four games last year, new coaching staff. They lost a lot of talent. Um, I went under here. I have them bull eligible at six and six. Mm. Um, I have them losing to Michigan State, UCLA, Arizona State, which is probably questionable. Arizona Oregon State, State, interesting. Oregon State, Oregon, and Washington State. Well, I had to give Arizona State a win, um, and so there it is. That's fair. So they've got some layups, I think, quote unquote, to start with Kent State and Portland State, Stanford, Arizona. Uh huh. Al, Colorado, like it's kind of you'd be really hard pressed. Are you? Go ahead. Quick diversion from the UW talk. Are you higher on Arizona or Arizona State? I can't tell. I have I have Arizona State with more wins in overall, but Arizona with more conference wins. Well, Arizona Arizona conference is tough, dude. It's it's San Diego State, it's it's Michigan State, and it's North Dakota State. Or Mississippi State, sorry, is the middle middle game. Yeah, I miss. Whereas Northern Arizona has, or sorry, Arizona State has Northern Arizona and Eastern Michigan in non-conference. So I'm giving them those two games, and and then I have the head-to-head. I have Arizona winning, which mm-hmm. we just ruined our Arizona Arizona. Yeah, which is, <laughs> yeah it's just we can, like dang. That. We can fly past that. So I don't know. I have I have Washington on the under here. Pro- maybe I'm being a little bit Homer as an Oregon beat writer here having Washington losing to Arizona State. Um, maybe it should be seven. Either way, I don't think the over hits. Uh, yeah, I don't think the over hits. I have them at under, but I have them at seven wins. I have losses to Michigan State, UCLA, Oregon State, Oregon, and Washington State for the Apple Cup. Um, I have them beating Arizona State. That's the difference here. Um, sure. I, this is a team where I, I just I have a lot of question marks. Um is it going to be Michael Penix? Is he going to be the answer at quarterback? Uh, is it going to be Morris? Is it going to be Heward? Like, I don't yeah. I don't know who it's going to be. And I guess it was a similar situation with Oregon going into spring camp, but it seems like they've kind of solidified that with Bo Nix. Um, a lot of the offensive line returns for Washington, which is a good thing for them. Uh, I think it's Jackson Kirkland who's their left tackle, or their right tackle. Um, they have a pretty favorable schedule. So this, I could potentially seeing it hit the over. I'd be really surprised, though, because I just don't 
with who they lost in the transfer portal and who they haven't brought in in any of their recruiting classes the last couple of years, I have a hard time thinking that every single one of those three-star prospects, the way some people like to think, are going to rise up and become actual starters and real contributors onto the team. But the soft schedule is helpful because they don't play Utah or USC. And not playing those and subbing Arizona and Arizona State or Colorado from the Pac-12 South, that's pretty nice if you're a Washington fan. Um, Michigan State, that's a loss. So there goes our the Pac-12's non-conference schedule. The other thing with Washington, you broke down the offense. I think defensively, they were so good against the pass. I think I don't know if they finished, but at one point they were like first nationally. They lost. Yeah. Their, they lost their two all-conference corners to the draft, and I think that's going to force them to take a little bit of a step back. They won't be quite as dominant. Um, in that part of the game. So we'll see. I, I mean, again, this is another new coach that we've, most of the teams, not most, but several of the teams we talked about so far have, have new coaching staffs and we could be totally wrong. And DeBoer might come in and they might be much better than expected and they might win. I also just think expecting them to win four more games in his first season with, as you said, all the changes on the roster just feels like a little optimistic. All right. Here's another one I think is an optimistic line. That's Arizona state at five and a half um, kind of, again, a little surprised that they're kind of considered on the verge of being bowl eligible. I mean, this program lost <laughs> everything. I mean, yeah. and it's kind of amazing that, that that this is not a program. We talked about new coaches that Herm Edwards still has his job considering. Um, I have I got no idea how that happened. I got yeah. no clue. It's similar to uh, like, like Sean Miller at Arizona being just hanging around for a couple of years, even though there was like pretty clearly some not too great stuff going on. Um, I have Arizona state with the under, um, I have them three wins, two of them out of conference, and the other at Washington. And I'll be honest, the Washington thing, the more I look at it, I kind of feel weird about. But I felt like I needed to give them a conference win. And they have a tough conference. They have a tough conference schedule, man. Like, I think Arizona I think Arizona's better than Arizona State. So I have that. That's the other one. And then maybe Colorado you can throw their direction. But other than that, they're not beating. But it's Utah. at Colorado. It, exactly, right? And That's the problem. Other than that, it's Utah, it's SC, Stanford, maybe, UCLA, Washington State, Oregon State. Like, I don't know which games you feel good about. So I have them at three three wins and, and, and taking the under. I have a three wins as well, under five and a half. I don't know how they got five and a half. It just seems ridiculous. Um, wins at Northern Arizona, Eastern Michigan, and Arizona. Mm. So I just think that's that's a toss-up, man. I like Arizona this year. We'll get to my picks in a few. But that one, I don't know. I think it could go either way. It's one of those rivalry games. It's kind of like Cal and Stanford some years where it doesn't make any sense if Cal or Stanford wins, but they do. A um, couple questions. Uh, how good is Emory Jones? Because I've watched him a lot at Florida, and I've wondered that every single time. So what's he going to do at Arizona State? Um, they lost 16 kids to the transfer portal this season. And obviously they brought back some talent, some Auburn, like an Auburn guy, a Miami guy. Does that matter? So my second question. Um, my third question. This NCAA cloud that is overhanging Tempe, Tempe Arizona, um, how long is this going to last? And number four, my final question, when does Herm Edwards get fired? Because I have an eight-game losing streak <laughs> for Arizona State here. This is tough. From Utah to Oregon State. Um, weeks four through 11. Um, I don't really see an obvious win. Eric just kind of went through um, maybe at Colorado, but it's in Colorado. Um, this is a tough schedule for them. And this is about what you, I, I, I don't, I don't see how they come close to hitting the over. Yeah, the, only I, half. the only thing I can think is that there's like a sense of, the whole scandal thing actually brings everybody together. You know how like sometimes the controversy. I'm I'm trying to create a narrative that makes any sense. I, I don't think it's, I don't think it's even reasonable. But like that that, that the players come together and, and they they fight for their coach and they and they want to. But like I also think that's ridiculous. And I, I I'm with you. Where it probably becomes like a situation of even if Arizona State doesn't want to like admit culpability for the Herm Edwards thing, where it just becomes easier for both parties to move on. Because I don't expect this is a good year for Arizona State, regardless of, as we've said, I think they're going to win like three games. All right, uh, Cal at five and five. 
another one where um, I think it's pretty reasonable. I have it really close, but I have the under. I have Cal at five wins. Um, could this be the first one we disagree on, Jared? Because I think we've agreed every time so far. Um, you had what? I have five wins. I have the under at five. For Cal. I have the under four. Oh, okay. So you're even less optimistic. All right. Um, I, my wins are <laughs> UC Davis, UNLV. Those are two. The UC easy. Davis one. That's a, that's a tough one. That's a really tough one. I right? have been beating um, Arizona, Stanford, and Colorado. Um, I paused a little bit on the rivalry game with Stanford. I could see that being a loss. I'm really conflicted on Stanford. I don't know, man, because last year they beat Oregon. I've, I've been on the Tanner McKee, like, is good train for a while forever but yet they just completely crapped the bed following that win they didn't win a game the whole rest of the season so i had a little hard time being too optimistic <laughs> and cal is usually a little bit more frisky if you will so i had them at five wins either way i just think it's hard to pick an over again yeah i kind of felt the same way i got them at four wins with wins over uc davis unlv colorado and stanford um hmm. So you have Arizona, you have them, uh, Arizona beating them. Yep, I have Arizona beating them. Um, I did put a question mark next to that one, and against Colorado because I don't know how those games are going to go right now. If you can tell me aliens came out of the sky and beat those two teams, I'd say sure, why not? Why not? Um, yeah, I mean this is a tough this is a tough schedule for for Cal big time, especially in a in a year where J, uh, Jack Plummer is their quarterback. Um, only 32% of their offense is returning, 48% on, is returning on defense. Um, they're losing a lot, um, and they have they have a pretty good gauntlet here. They have at Notre Dame, then you have Arizona, whatever. But that's still, I feel like that's still going to be a competitive game for the fourth game of the season. At Washington State, at Colorado, which is always difficult with the altitude, and then um, Washington, Oregon, USC, Oregon State, rivalry game, Stanford. That's tough. That's a hard schedule right there. And I think they'll be lucky to get two wins out of that. Really lucky to get two wins out of that. Um, I just like one win is probably where they're going to be and in that. They close with UCLA as well. So, yeah, it, it's like that back end there could be a lot of losses. Like they could be three and three, three and two maybe, and then just slip and lose a crap load of games is, is kind of how I see the potentially going. Yeah, I have them going two and six over their final eight games. And I think that's – it could be optimistic. That's a win over Stanford and a win at Colorado. Like, that could easily be 0-8. Yeah. I, it's a weird the, – the Pac-12 North, and again, I keep using the little fingers here for those that listen to that podcast because it's like I know that's kind of like not a – kind of a totally a thing anymore because they're not including it. I, I just think it's just going to be a lot of – mediocrity outside of Oregon this is how I have it going the next team though I have finishing second in the division if that matters to you and that's Oregon State which is also at five and a half um, I actually feel decent about this one now the first game here with Boise State is probably the one that potentially flips it to being seven or six wins I'm going to be optimistic and pick an Oregon State win just going to do it it's a home game think they've got some they got a decent amount of continuity back i know there's some transfer departures they didn't use the portal by the way like at all they only added one which was i think stanford Strange. stanford and, and uh, oregon state were the only ones to use this this few in the conference everybody else used like upwards of 10 but between usually between like five and eight um i think UCLA used 12 I, usc might have used more i didn't look at their total because we're going to play them um but oregon state i have winning against Boise State, losing to Fresno State, mm -hmm. beating Montana, beating Washington State, beating Colorado, beating Washington, beating Cal, beating Arizona State to go seven and five and finish with a five and four record, which actually makes them, from my point of view, my predictions, the fifth best team in the conference in conference games. And I don't, and, and this kind of, maybe this was a little bit of like um, bias going in. Remember a couple weeks ago, I forget when it was, we had a mailbag podcast talking about who could maybe be move up from like the bottom towards the top to be kind of a competitive team. And I picked Oregon state as the team from the, the North and UCLA from the, the South. Yep. I, I still, maybe, maybe it was just 
that was kind of what I expected would happen, so I made it happen. But I, I think Oregon State might be the second best team in the division this year. I've got Oregon State in the over. I have them at 12 and 0. No, I'm kidding. Oh, seven and five. I have wins over Boise State, Montana State, Stanford, Wazoo, Colorado, Washington, and Cal. Um, yeah, I've been losing to Fresno State, USC, Utah, Arizona State, and Oregon. I think we're, that's we're so lockstep. It's kind of annoying. Like I kind of want to just pick like Colorado <laughs> to win eight games now. <laughs> well, I, I mean, I think this line is crazy. Five and a half. I agree. I mean, I don't remember how many games Oregon State won at home last year, but it was like five or six. They were undefeated. That, that would hit the over by itself. Um, I think they have a pretty favorable schedule um, facing USC early. I really, I contemplated it. I, I really thought about it. Fourth game of the season. I just think USC's talent is too much, and it's going to be in Southern California, so that yeah might help USC. I don't know. Um, but USC-Utah, that's going to be tough. That's those two losses right there, 100%. Um, but that's when I feel like people are going to see that they lost two in a row and say, Oregon State, they've lost three of their first five games. They're nothing. And then they have cupcake after cupcake in Stanford. Washington State, Colorado, and then an actual uh, not a not a cupcake in Washington, but then a cupcake in Cal. That's pretty good. So that could be an easy five game winning streak right there. So I like Oregon State this year. Um, not twelve and zero enough, but I think they're. I think they got some potential here to to make a little bit of a run. I think I just like Jonathan Smith as a solidifying force. That's like they're going to be bubble eligible or close every year. Maybe every five years they're a little better and are actually, you know, eight or nine wins maybe. But, like, I know they haven't gotten there quite yet. But I just – I think that's sneakily been one of the best hires the conference has had the last four or five years, to be honest with you. And I know Oregon fans probably want to dismiss that. But I think if you just, like, kind of look hard at it and think about it, 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 it's been a pretty successful hire. And, like, every year it feels like they kind of maximize the wins. Like, you back in – I know 2020 wasn't a fantastic season, but they beat Oregon that year. And even last year's game, and Oregon, again, was coming off that Utah thing, tons of injury excuses if you want to use it. That was like a pretty competitive game at parts. It again. shouldn't have been. You know, shouldn't it, have been. It shouldn't have it been. Was. It was. Kind of, you kind of sweat, you've sweated it a little bit. So I yeah. just don't think you can overlook that game. And frankly, like, it could be a thing where, where that game in Corvallis um, right around Thanksgiving is is really competitive. And, and for Oregon, that might be the game aside from Utah. That, and those are back-to-back, I think. Um that you kind of have to sweat a little bit. So, um, but yeah, I, I think this is an easy over for me. All right. Uh, wrapping it up here, the last group, Washington state also at five and five. Um, this one's, this was probably one of the tougher ones for me. Cause I think that line's pretty fair. Um, yeah, I am taking the over, but just slightly I have them winning six games, uh, two non-conference games over Idaho and Colorado state, Cal, Arizona state, Arizona. And then again, I have them winning the rivalry game. Um, the Apple Cup against Washington. They I, they play Wisconsin on the road early. That's going to be a loss. They play Oregon, USC, Oregon State, Utah. I have them losing all of those pretty decisively. And then Stanford, I have them losing, but you could convince me that's going to be that's going to be a win. So I have I have six. I have the over as well at six. Um, I have wins against Idaho, Colorado State, Cal, Stanford. Uh, Arizona State and Washington. So you have Arizona beating them. I have Arizona beating them. God, you got some. I'm so interested in your Arizona picks because that's coming up later. Um, all right, yeah, I, I, I gotta, I gotta look these over again and see, see, <laughs> see what it is. Yeah, I just Washington State's an, really another really interesting one. Um, they don't have a new coach coming in, but it feels like they kind of have a new coach coming in. And it is. You only coach half the season, right? And. Cam Ward, what's he going to be? Um, you know, he's this big-time transfer commit, one of the highest that Washington State has ever gotten out of Incarnate World, right? No, Incarnate Word. Word, no L. Word, yeah, I always get confused with that. Um, how is that going to translate? Um, it's just going to be another interesting team to kind of go and watch. Um, they they have a hard schedule, certainly. I mean, this the stretch of at USC, at Oregon State, hosting Utah is tough. Um, don't really wouldn't really like that. And since when were they playing Wisconsin, the second game of the season? Why? 
like, when, when did this happen? I like was writing it down. I looked at it. And I was yep. just so confused. Like, why isn't this being like a bigger deal? Like, this is a Pac-12 team against one of the better Big Ten teams. Shouldn't the Pac-12 say, "Hey, guys, watch this game"? It, it, that would be one where, if somehow Washington State wins, that would give the conference a little bit more respect. And I don't think it happens. But like, if if Cameron no, Ward, no, if, not like, at all. Let's say, let's say Cameron Ward is really great, and he just goes up and is explosive and carves up that uh, Badger defense, and they win that game, suddenly the conference is going to have a little bit more respect. I just don't see it happening for. No. A variety of, of reasons. I just expect Wisconsin to just kind of line up and just move the ball down the field and do kind of what they always do, which is just use their 320-pound offensive lineman to move the smaller Washington State defensive line around. All right, that's um, the problem. With, that's the problem with Washington State. Like none of their offensive linemen is returning. That's why right. I'm skeptical. But continue. I was just going to jump on, unless you had anything else, uh, Cougar talk. I was going to move on to the last couple here. Um, I'm good. Stanford, four and a half. Um, another c- close one here. They play a really tough non-conference schedule. I know they do this every year, so I shouldn't be. It's terrible, man. That's surprised, so hard. But it's like, do yourself a favor and don't play all the good teams. Because I actually think if they played UCLA's non-conference schedule, they win like seven games. I have them winning four. I have them going four and five in Pac-12 play, but four and eight overall. Um, you know, and that's, again, that's just, their schedule is really tough. I, correct me if I'm wrong. Isn't isn't their schedule the hardest in the, sorry, I have them beating Colgate to start the season, to be clear. Um, but isn't, yeah. their, isn't their schedule the toughest in the conference, according to the FPI? I know you wrote a story about that a couple of days ago. Yeah, they're, they're the hardest in the conference. They're two or three spots ahead of Oregon. Um, you can you can see why, and and going through this. It just I'm gonna run through it just in in order here. Um, Colgate, USC, Washington, Oregon, Oregon State, Notre Dame. Finally, a bit of a breather with Arizona State, UCLA, Washington State, Utah, at Cal, and then finished with BYU. I mean that's just that's just really tough. up on yourself. And for a team that like has just been kind of in a rut, I just have a hard time. Also, expecting more wins. And by the way, I uh, do I, did I do that right? Yeah, I know I have them four and eight. So yeah, I Colgate, Oregon State, Arizona State, and Washington State. The Oregon State one, I'm not sure on. I just figure at some point they have to win one of these games, or else they will be terrible. So I I, I have them um, on the under. Colgate's nothing to mess around with. I hope you know. I don't. They were I, good last year. I don't know. What, what, they were. Uh, I was doing some research on this. They were a top twenty-five passing defense team last year. And as an FCS squad, so they—that's not a—that's not a push like a you know that's not a it's not a cupcake game. But ultimately, uh, I have them under four and a half. I'm at four wins, and I don't know who I would pick for their fifth win. Um, I have them yeah beating Colgate, beating Washington, beating Arizona State, and beating Washington State. I have I them, just I have them, I actually have them losing to Washington but beating Oregon State. Interesting. Uh, yeah, I got them. I got them losing to Oregon State. I have them losses to U, USC, but I think uh, I checked the line on that game. USC is like plus eleven and a half or minus eleven and a half right now. Second game of the year, Stanford at home might be a cover. Um, losses to Oregon, Oregon State, Notre Dame, UCLA, Utah, Cal, and BYU. It's and I don't know what game I'd really want to overturn there. Cal, um, maybe, maybe the Cal game, yeah. But I, I don't mean, know. I feel like they're going to be a team where you're just like they're probably better than the record, but their schedule stinks. Like it's just so hard, it's, and, and it's just it's, it's tough fit for themselves. They're going to be talented though. They get McKee back. They return. It was ninety-one percent of their offense from last year. Um, all their offensive linemen is back, and I don't know if that's necessarily a good thing. Um, but it's the schedule is brutal. I mean, Notre Dame like sandwiched in there after Oregon and Oregon State, yeah. and then finishing it with BYU like after your rivalry game. It feels like Cal's schedule with UCLA finishing it off. Like those are, it's just not what you want to see. Stanford does not schedule, I guess. I would have just. I guess I would have said Colgate was a cupcake, but you've told me they aren't. So I was gonna say Stanford does not schedule cupcakes. Um, Colgate, they're, 
How yeah, they're, for for an FCS school, they're not a cupcake. All right. Uh, Colorado three and a half. <laughs> I don't know, man. <laughs> I feel like I'm optimistic here. I think I've you beating, are. I've been beating TCU <laughs> at home, which is no. <laughs> which is just a lot. But like, I, I go back to like they're they've usually been decent in non-conference and just fall yeah. apart. So like, I, I don't know. I I don't have them covering. I have them under at three wins um, over TCU. Even Airport, even wow. And Arizona State. Do you have them? Do you have over? What you do? You have them winning any games? Yeah, no, I had them winning games, but I had them at the under here. I yeah, um, the the last three and a half. I had them at three. What do I got here? I got them at two wins. It's okay. Yeah. I, um, you don't have beaten the Horn Frogs? No, I have them losing their first uh, five games of the season. So you have um, losing the Air Force as well? I have losing the Air Force in Minnesota. Um, yeah, Minnesota was easy for me. I don't know. I was trying to be optimistic. TCU is not bad. Um, they, were, I know, they won five games last year, so I was trying to find a way to – Make but it's it. Colorado, man. I don't know. Um, Colorado win last year, didn't they win four, three? <laughs> what did they do? What happened? The uh, Air Force is going to be a tricky one because I don't know what it is, but FBS schools just can't handle like those, like the, the military teams, basically. Um, and I don't, I, I don't know why I would, I, I don't know why I would think Colorado is going to beat this over. I just like their schedule is their schedule's difficult. Their team, you know, we watched them in person last year. I know that was much too much too close of a game for Oregon standards, but you could just tell that like you know, you watched them against uh, play against their non conference opponents last year. Like this is it's a struggling team. Um Texas A and M though, that was it was close last year. They lost by three. It was a good game. A and M had like all their quarterbacks were dead. Um, the, the, oh, this is this is the team I was talking about earlier where I, I misjudged it for Arizona State. Um, Colorado's final four games are, look like hell. Um, Oregon, USC, Washington, Utah. It's tough. That's tough. And then sandwiched between there is ASU ahead of Oregon and then Oregon State. Um, no thanks. Doesn't look good. So, yeah, I got them under three and a half. Arizona, finishing it up. Two and a half. I went under. I think we've already established this. I had them beating Colorado and Arizona State and losing to everybody else. Um, I think the non. I think they're going to go zero and three in the non-conference. I mean, I think San Diego State proved last year to be really pretty darn good. Mississippi State is an SEC team. I just don't see them winning that game. That'd be interesting to see some Mike Leach against Pac-12 competition again. I guess. And then mm-hmm. North Dakota State. I know it's FCS, but that's every year one of the best better fcs teams so um I, two wins under and again this is a trend for me is once once you get out of that top group i had a lot of overs it's yeah. a lot of unders for me once you get from honestly like what did i have i have over for oregon state and over for washington state everything else is an under um after you get from that top four i have the over here oh yeah, How'd you I got the over. I'm a big, uh, big Arizona believer this year. Um, I, I, I kind of like them too. It's just there's. I'm think trying to make sure my math is correct. Give me like what six I, games. <laughs> what I put down. Um, yeah, I have them winning a bunch. And I picked up on that when you were running through other comp, like other games, other uh, sorry, other. Yeah, teams. I got them winning. What is this? One, two, three, four. Six. I got to win in six games. This full year. eligibility for the wild. Card. I have full eligibility. And, and, and Jed Fish, we trust, Patriot legend. Um, I have them beating San Diego State and North Dakota State. Ooh. Yeah. yeah. That's, um, that's optimistic, I think. Probably. I think six wins is clearly optimistic. Well, I want to say before you keep going, I just like that we're ending with a little bit of a difference in picks because I think this is the first time we've disagreed the entire podcast on the over-under. The entire I have team. them. I have them now beating Cal and Colorado, so they're on a little three-game winning streak with losses to exactly after Oregon, Washington, USC, Utah. Yuck! That's a terrible stretch. And then UCLA, and wins over Washington State and Arizona State to end the season. Uh, I don't know. 
I, 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 again, I like, I like that we have different of opinion for once because it was all pretty similar looks at this. I think, um, to wrap it up, I know we talked about this a little before. I don't know if I totally understand how the PAC 12 conference, um, tiebreaker is going to work here. Cause I have USC, Utah and yeah. Oregon all at eight and one. And, and, and Jared, you were like, we're not even doing that, but I kind of wanted to just wrap it up some way and, and say, I, I think if I understand the tiebreaker correctly, I think it would be Oregon against Utah in this. Cause um, sorry, Oregon against USC in this because USC would have the head-to-head mm. uh, in my prediction here at least. But no, I had sorry, I bet I had USC beating Utah beating USC. Sorry, I'm all lost here. My, my, I had something written down wrong. So no, I, I would have Utah and Oregon as a rematch. Is is how I have it constructed in the conference championship game. I think I would have it the same. Um, I have what, seven teams bowl eligible? Oregon, Oregon State, Washington, Washington State, USC, Utah, and UCLA. I think you have one more because you toss Arizona in there, which I, I kind of love that that was your pick. Yeah, I, I just – the Jed Fish, the Jaden Delora, uh, yeah. I think they're revamped. I'm, I'm, Don Brown isn't there, who's a terrible defensive coordinator. Um, however, he is the head coach at the University of Massachusetts, so we love Don Brown. Um I just think this is – I think it's a relatively favorable start to the season for them. I know South, South, or, uh, San Diego State and North Dakota State are, are difficult FCS opponents, but, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm putting my trust in Jed Fish. I think they hit the over no matter what. Six wins is probably way too much, but I think an over – just, you just need three wins. I think, I think Jed can do that for you. San Diego State's not FCS, just to clarify. Oh, so, not FCS. Sorry, they are – Mountain West. Mountain West. Mountain West. Um, The thing I was just going to note is I think I have the Pac-12 going again, like one and five against the Mountain West and BYU schools. Like BYU, I kind of include there, though they're they're not. Um, Yeah. Not great. Um, I think it'll be an interesting season. I thought this was kind of a fun discussion to kind of lay some groundwork of where we're at. I think we'll turn this into some written content probably next week of my picks, your picks, and kind of run through it all. So that's on the site as well um any parting thoughts jared uh no just go arizona <laughs> go wildcats go cats yeah jetfish we trust podcast all right um for eric scopel and jared mack thank you for listening to the odds and audibles podcast talk to you later folks peace okay picture this it's friday afternoon when a thought hits you I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with h track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.